Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It's your host James, as always, here to give you guys more of the greatness. So we're going to jump right into it. Glad to be back. Um, this episode's a really, uh, really interesting and cool episode. I think this is an exciting episode, actually. Um, just because, you know, this is, it's June, we're in the throes of summer uh, starting, and, you know, this is, <clears throat> it's unusual, but again, it's exciting because June has, you know, 2023 has been coming off as probably one of the best months of uh, gaming this year. I think 2023 overall has just been a really good year for gaming, but uh, June has proven to be quite the exception until the rest of the year passes, obviously, because we don't know, <clears throat> you know, for sure what's coming out when and if anything can come out in a combination like they have in June or like they plan to uh, this month. But yeah, got a <clears throat> really big month uh, that we've been going through. And I've just been, you know, super excited because, it, you know, the one thing about uh, gaming in June or gaming over summer is that it's usually uh, it's usually, you know, kind of a thing where you're still getting through the games that you got, you know, during the fall and the winter of last year. And, you know, if you haven't beaten them before or you're probably beating them again or whatever then you got your seasonal games like your your sports games if you're a fan of those um so summer's really not a you know uh time where a lot of games are dropping because most of these uh developers know that you're actively playing stuff but I, I i really appreciate when we can just get good stuff all year round <laughs> like to be quite honest i just i just love games and i love when they're just releasing and you know, there's always something new to look forward to. Um, I know a lot of you probably are still, no, there's no probably about it. This game's pro, no, I keep saying probably, but I am certain that Tears of the Kingdom is going to, uh, you know, be miles ahead in contention for game of the year. There's so many people that are playing it. Um, I myself am not, you know, I think I've put myself on record as saying I'm not a big uh Zelda fan you know I can understand you know the fever behind you know why people love it but I mean just for me and what I enjoy to experience in a game just not my thing just not my thing but that's okay you know because we all like different stuff um but yeah like there, like again there's like so many other games that have released this year that are coming out this year um, that have released that are just like, man, like, you know, depending on what genres you enjoy to follow and play, um, you may be playing the game of the year in your own respect. So, you know, we're all celebrating here. Um, <clears throat> you know, one thing that I'm used to during the summer, which is kind of funny, is, you know, because I was talking about how normally we don't get like a lot of new releases during the summer. Um, you know, that that's kind of the norm as, as years have gone by uh, in gaming. But what we always had was the um, we always had the uh, summer game sales. 
you know, no matter what platform you played them on, um, you know, you could always run into a really deep sale. And it was always, you know, common knowledge that it was in preparation for the releases that will be coming towards the fall and winter, you know, because the the big times for, you know, games to really sell was, you know, during, uh, you know, the holiday season, you know, Christmas. Um, obviously, people get games for their birthdays and stuff, um, which I, I, I had a friend. He was very, very fortunate, and his, his parents didn't try to, you know, uh, cheap him or trick him on on his birthday because he uh his you know he'd have christmas and then his birthday was a week later on on, uh on um new year's and it was just and and he would get double presents so so that was always awesome and he probably had uh you know more games as often as uh the other kids you know when i was younger um but yeah like i you know growing up and knowing that summertime really wasn't a, a time that I could expect so many games to be coming out, um, you always had those deep dives on uh, discounts. And I, man, you know, like I really do, like I, I know a lot of people hate digitally buying games, <clears throat> but that seems to be the primary place where you can experience these deals, you know, whether you're playing on PC or um, if you do play, uh, you know, in an, uh, in an exclusive console or, you know, whatnot, I mean, you're, you're bound to find, you know, them having something that they would even title as a summer sale or, you know, sometimes they do them in the spring, sometimes they do both. Um, but man, they, they really go to town on how, uh, cheap they make certain games, some games that are just like, you just wouldn't even expect to have a, a, a sale that deep. And, you know, it's always a good time to grab them because they really want you to just kind of, you know, like I said, while they're not usually developing uh, new games for releases at that time, they definitely want you to pile up on on the things that they did release uh, up until the point that they release something new later that year. So I'm also looking forward to that. Um but but not but not as much not as much this year and it's only because of the new releases that have been happening so and we'll get into that um <clears throat> the first game that i want to talk about as far as a new release this month is one that i wasn't really like waiting for and i really didn't have high expectations for um and it's street fighter 6 and you know it's it's like I love Street Fighter. I've loved Street Fighter since um, I first played it back in the arcade. Um, you know, my first time playing Street Fighter was Street Fighter uh, Champions Edition. And, you know, I come from a time where arcades existed and kids would gather and we would, you know, put quarters on the cabinet to show who got next. And, you know, it was just it was a fun time. And, you know, over the course of time, you know, Street Fighter has just evolved. And it was kind of crazy because I think back then, you know, during the 90s and stuff like that, like we weren't really concerned with the rehashes that they were coming out because, yes, there was a Street Fighter 2 and um, then there was Champions Edition and then there was Hyper Fighting or a Turbo and Turbo Hyper and, you know, just all these 
all these different uh, iterations and then super street fighter and super street fighter turbo and yeah it's just it was just a lot and you know mortal kombat did the same exact thing ultimate and and you know uh just all these different iterations um and and we were good with that but i think over time you know gamers started getting smart um i think when it started hitting my mind that it was kind of more of a cash grab was um street fighter 3 i remember because i because i remember when i bought a uh, dreamcast and you know this is around the time where arcades are fading out fast and um you know if you wanted that same arcade quality of game you could potentially do it on a system um and i remember i got my dreamcast and i think my first like six games were uh arcade fighters you know like i think right off the back i got marvel vs. capcom 2 um there was another capcom fighter um I can't remember. It was something. It, it was a game that was like in space or something. Like the guy had like a, a lightsaber or something. I had that game. Um, what else? And then then the Street Fighter series. And what was really crazy was that. And and I'm a, I'm a kid, so I don't know. Or not a kid, but I was you know a teenager, and I didn't really know, you know, any better. Like I didn't really do my diligence as far as like, you know talking to people that could, you know, learn me on, you know, the different iterations of, of what meant what, you know, so like when I went out, I got the original Street Fighter 3, I got Double Impact, and then I got Third Strike. I got them all, like like within weeks of each other. And, it, and, and they had already, you know, they had already obviously been out on the system and whatever. <clears throat> um, but... I, you know, like I didn't even think about it. I didn't think that I was buying the same exact game. And it, in, in essence, I really wasn't because I think, you know, in certain games, like, like, I think it was called Second Impact. I said Double Impact, but I think it was called Second Impact. But I think Second Impact felt better to play, but I liked playing Third Strike more because it had all the characters. And this is definitely before, you know, um, we had like, reliable internet connections because i think that i think an internet connection would have saved capcom a whole lot of resources if they could have just updated those uh you know that game in you know short increments you know like oh we you know we're uh we're putting in a new mechanic so we're gonna do a one gig update and you know oh we got characters you know like they didn't have the seasons and the things that they do today which like again like when when I like when I think about it and I think about characters being released over time in these battle packs and this that and the third like it it's really the equivalent of a second impact and a third strike it's literally that it's just like them releasing but 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 the funny part about it is that they actually still turn around and will release um you know like they'll they'll usually do it at the end like uh i think street fighter did it with uh with 5 where they released uh no i think they did it with 4 and 5 where once once they got all their characters together that they were going to put in the game they released a version of it called champions champions edition and it just had everybody in it um so you and that was mostly for people who 
<clears throat> probably abstained from buying the battle packs and didn't buy the characters individually and you know whatever the case was um and that was usually me for in in some instances i mean so, sometimes they had characters that like i just could not resist to get like i remember when they announced uh sagat to be playable um i was like i have to grab that character because he's one of my favorites to just kind of play around with as far as my experience overall in a street fighter game um and then like later on they uh they released uh, Sakura and Akira and just all kind. Dan came to the game, like all kinds of different characters came to the game. And I was like, I would buy these people individually, but I did end up turning around and buying just a champion's edition um, at a discount just to kind of even everything out, you know, just give me all the characters, give me all the stuff, give me all the colors and stuff. I think that's where I do kind of draw the line is when they kind of, um, cheap you out on the colors and that was like always the update with like you know like the older street fighters like when you know like street fighter 2 went to champions edition like the only thing that was different was that they made the boss characters playable and they added like a new color and then when they did um i think it was super street fighter that was the one that went crazy with the colors i think they had like each each person had like six different color variations and then they had the boss character still there but then they had another four characters that were there and they were just and then they when they did super turbo that's when they put the um the uh or was it hyper fighting i don't know i can't all these all these subtitles on these games were confusing back then um but i i think that was the one the was the one where they finally put in like the um super combo finish you know um you know the super moves and whatever which was awesome but yeah like they made you pay for that <clears throat> and they and they still do and and they're gonna find ways to make their money and that's fine i guess but for what it's worth in street fighter 6 like i haven't seen them i haven't seen capcom in the space of their Street Fighter series, hit the ground running like this for a very long time. Like, Street Fighter Six is good. Like, it's really good. And I'm not here to talk about mechanics and character feel and stuff like that because I'm not. I'm just not that invested in fighting games. Like, I enjoy fighting games because I'm one of those people that I like to pal around with my friends. We're all sitting there beating the crap out of each other. It's more rock, paper, scissors than it is a technical prowess of how we've learned this character. We've been doing it forever. Like, I'm I'm not that guy. I, I've never been that guy. You know, I, I enjoy certain characters to play as, but, you know, it's, it's not serious for me. But in that, I think Street Fighter VI has done a really good job at catering to the casual player. Or to the what we would consider the modern player, because as time has gone, we've come to understand that like there's more than one way to play a fighting game, right? And <clears throat> you know, Street Fighter is basically known for you know um, grandfathering the motion controls as far as how you execute button commands and 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 you know get your fighters to do particular moves. I mean, and and that's that's a fact because I, I can't think of one fighter that I've ever played where I didn't try to do a fireball motion, a chargeback motion, 
a dragon punch motion to get my fighters to do something. And it was always funny because like I like like nine times out of ten it would work. <clears throat> nine times out of ten it would work. Like I try a fireball motion. If I didn't get a reaction out of the character, I do a charge motion, and then if that worked, then I knew I had something. So I'd be like, okay, so I can use this character like I'm using Guile in Street Fighter. But now, I mean, with like the coming of like games like Smash Brothers, where you know they've implemented a whole different way to which which is which is crazy to me <clears throat> because with the way that you play like a Smash Brothers, right? I never thought that anybody could play that game in a technical manner with with that type of button implementation. No. I I was like, no. This is just made for fun. This is just purely a fun way to get these uh get these move sets off. No, people competitively can play and be very proficient at it. And that's great. And Street Fighter has embraced that and brought something very similar to that play style. So you, you know, if you're used to fighting in other games that have a different implementation of button, you know, combinations and motions, I'm pretty sure it's in Street Fighter, Street Fighter 6. And that's actually pretty cool. Like they have, um, they actually have three modes they have classic which you know is how you normally would you do your moves if you've been playing street fighter forever um i think they have modern which i think modern is the um that is the implementation of you know like like the um smash brothers type style like you can literally just like press like down high punch and and uh you know like an execution button and then they'll just go off and do like a whole move and you can press an opposite direction in those same buttons and they'll do a whole different move. Um, <clears throat> then they have this other mode. I can't remember what it what it is, but I think it's like the easiest mode. It's like a mode where like you just press a button and they'll just go off on like a maybe like a three string combo and you press other buttons and they'll do super moves and this, that and the third. And it's just basically like the easiest way for you to, <clears throat> you know, um, get yourself in a fight without knowing so much, which I, which again, I think this is probably their most accessible game. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I think they, I think the way that they've been able to balance it, it, it works. You know, I think it works. Like, I don't think that like, obviously a, a uh, classic button player will have more of a technical grasp on things that they can do outside of the normal motions and flow that the character is able to do, you know, like that's always been the thing with, you know, fighters is, you know, Oh, I, you know, I, if I pop them up right here and then I execute this, then I can kind of do a juggle, you know, like juggle is a thing that was created by the fighting community. That's not something that was a in-game implementation until later on. Once people figured that, yo, these people are out here exploiting our mechanics and, and they're, they're, you know they're doing things that really in the in the game ought not be done i mean why would you not put it in now so you know like so from a classic stance they know how to do that but if you're somebody who doesn't know how to do anything you can just pick one of the other modes you know depending on how much you can grasp as far as 
you know, button motions and this, that, and the third. If, you, if you're very, very simple in your understanding of fighters, you pick the simplest one. You can just press A button and it goes off doing all kinds of stuff. And at the very least, you'll feel accomplished because you'll feel like, oh, at least I hit them. Because I think that's like, that's always been my thing, like when I get online and I fight. Because I'm a classic button um, uh, player, like like the, the modern, the modern, um, button set like i've played with it and i think it's actually pretty cool but it is limited because there are things that you might want to do um with a particular character that it it may be it's not that it's locked away it's just that all of the buttons are already preset to do certain things and if they're not if they're if they're not able to function on that on the one thing that you're used to like just a simple light kick or light punch because you might want to bait them in for something like you might want to, you know, kind of chip at them twice and then thunder them with a with a heavy. You can't do it with the modern because it's it's just built to just do moves, you know. Um, so it can be a bit tricky, but I, I, I really don't think that the technicalities is what was the first thought for the developers. I think the first thought was we want to make sure everybody's having fun we want to make sure everybody's having fun and i think they nailed it um outside of the way that it, that it controls um i gotta say this is probably one of their most interesting starting rosters that i've ever seen ever like the 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 new challengers in Super Street Fighter, they were cool. They were awesome. We loved, we loved them. You know, everybody. You know, Cammy's a, a a favorite. DJ's awesome. Fei Long was great. T Hawk was awesome. Um, and you know, obviously, like with three, I think three was the most ambitious in their offering of new characters. I think it was because, and and honestly, I think that's why I consider three to still be one of my favorites like three is closely getting caught up with from with six because i think that their ambition to do something different is is just as close to three but three really threw themselves left field when they went in the consideration of like different characters and i love that game and you know you got a lot of people that'll be like oh there were pointless characters and whoever played with 12 or who played with this person that person it's like that's not the point. The point is like they they went in a different direction. They didn't staple themselves down to the same, you know, thing that they were doing for years and years and years. And you should just be thankful that, you know, we have a breath of fresh air. And I think that's really important. And five did the same thing in a way. But I don't know how I felt about five's characters like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like their intro characters from the very beginning. I, I honestly, I can't even really tell you because I think, I think I was more disappointed with the fact that the game was just so limited. Like I remember I bought that game day one and that game was so limited, like no story mode, no arcade mode. Um, it was just all like like I think you had verses I think you could do that um and then 
outside of that, you had to go online. And and I'm like, I don't want to go online. I'm I'm not an online player. Um, but they had, you know, they had some interesting characters. I know a lot of people hate on Nikali. Um, the only reason I look at Nikali in a disappointing light is because I thought that they were making him like a major antagonist in the game. Um, but you know, who's to say what, cause I mean, he was the, he was the last fight, um, for anybody. Like once they did implement that arcade, um, or it wasn't really arcade. I don't know what it was, but I know that Nikali was like the last person that you fought every single time. Um, and I don't know what happened to him. I really don't. Um, then there was Laura, which, you know, I thought, you know, I was thinking like, oh, this is this is like their cool way to say that they're not going to bring Blanca back. Like they're going to have somebody that's from the same place as Blanca um, does some things similar to Blanca, but also does some things very unique to themselves. And I was for it, you know, but leave the community to say, well, we want Blanca and obviously you know you get what you want right um and there were some other characters there that really just kind of had me scratching my head um i didn't but but the thing is is like i wasn't too into the new characters so much as i was into the familiar characters that i was used to because I, I i don't know like it, it just didn't it didn't feel very different it looked great it looked amazing um but I just think from that point, all I really cared was like, okay, well, are they going to bring back anybody that I actually care about? You know, so that was that. But with six, again, they have some really, really cool characters um, that they have implemented from the ground up that they've created that are very different from, you know, your normal fare and are just fun they're just fun to play fun characters to play um let me see i'm trying to see if i can get them so so they brought luke back which luke was a a late addition i believe to the game um uh, of street fighter 5 and he looked really really different in 5 than he does in um in 6 he looked way different um but i guess he's supposed to be like an mma fighter or something rather um and I, I didn't really play with them in five. I, I didn't. I think at that point I was kind of bowing out of the game. Um, my only knock against him in six is that he has these huge arms like he has these Popeye arms. Like I, I, I understand, you know, exaggeration when it comes to video games like, oh, if he has big arms, he must be really strong. Or if he has big calves, he probably kicks really hard. Um, but they are just like way over proportioned. And it's just like it's ridiculous. And I really hope that they fix that. Like they have, they have to scale that down because that is just ridiculous. He looks like a creator character <laughs> with those, with those, uh, with those arms. Those forearms are huge. Um, they have this character Marissa who's pretty cool. Um, I think they say she comes out of. She's from Italy, and um, she dresses up like Leonidas from the Three Hundred movies. Um, but also kind of like Leonidas, but, um, but kind of also like an MMA garb. Um, and yeah, she's pretty dope. Um, she's like, 
she she kind of does a really good job at like people she's she's good for people who like to turtle and who like to just kind of stay on a heavy defense but she has a defense where she can react with a punish really relatively quick quicker than somebody who is just waiting for that space and opportunity like she can like she can take a blow and then just kind of like go through that defense and then and then get right on the offensive which is kind of cool um who else there's uh lily is one of my favorites um lily is like i i guess she's from like the same tribe as t-hawk i don't think that they're any relation um because i've played through some of the story and and you know have come to learn you know about her origins and and whatnot and she's just she's a cool character and she does she has like this thing with like the wind and um she has these like little tornado spin attacks that are just like crazy and dizzying and she's really really fast um but she hits really hard and she hits quite often and she's she's somebody that if you're not careful she can have your hp bar down to zero relatively quick um and yeah she's just she just has really good animations and and i just i just find her to be a really fun character um who else is there there is da, 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 there's the uh, there's the drunken master i can't remember his name i'm gonna look that up real quick because they have that drunken master let's see i'm gonna look at i'm looking at my phone right now see street fighter six characters uh all right street fighter six characters all right and we have da, 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 Manon. Yeah, Manon. Manon is weird to me. I don't. I don't particularly like Manon only because you had a character in four. Um, I think they. I think he was in five as well. Uh, Abel, and I actually liked Abel. People say they don't like Abel. I liked Abel. I think that. He was a complex character, very shadowy kind of character. Um, but I think he had room for growth and development. I think people like Manon because she's very attractive in the game. And, you know, she's a dancer slash, I think she's a judo master. I think she does judo or, or keto, one, one of the two. Um, But yeah, she's, yeah, she's interesting but i feel like you know it's it's just not the swap out that i would have been looking for i would have thought they could have brought abel back and really developed on his character like i'm you know i i'm i enjoy new characters but i'm also uh you know when when they introduce characters and then they just kind of like leave them off for a while it just kind of bothers me a little bit um let's see i already said marissa i already said lily um Let's see. Kimberly. Kimberly is cool. Kimberly's really cool. Kimberly is the girl with the spray paint cans. Um, that's actually a mechanic in her play style. I haven't used it. Um, I've used her briefly, and all I told myself was like, she reminds me of 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 Karen from um from Street Fighter Alpha. Like, 
not not so much the defense thing, but where in Street Fighter Alpha Three, it she just seemed more like a uh, uh, different interpretation of Ken, if you will, and, and you know, like that's how Kimberly feels. She's really, really fast, very spasmatic with her with her uh, with her kicks. I mean, they just come out of nowhere. It's just like nowhere. Um, and she, and and she's fun. She is she is a fun character to play. Um, I think story wise, because again, I played through the story with her. I think story wise, they they got some fleshing out to do. I think that you know, like they they leave you with tidbits, and I and I hope that you know, with the addition of other characters who may have a part to play in their storyline, that they flesh some of this stuff out. Because like, if they're just gonna leave me with what I saw, it's just like. Nah, that's not gonna do it. Like, I need to know more. I need to know exactly what her motivations are, because um, she's not just there to fight. But you know, yeah. And then there's Jamie. Um, Jamie is kind of like the Nakali from Street Fighter Five, and I only mean that in the aspect of his ability to not quite transform, but elevate his fighting style. So when he elevates his fighting style. You know, his his tightened up ponytail comes apart and he's got his hair flowing and he's just in EX mode all the time. And he's he's another really fast character. Uh, I think the drunken boxing is a cool addition to Street Fighter. We haven't seen anything like that um, in Street Fighter. And, you know, I, I have I he's one character I haven't played with yet. Um, I've played against him um, a couple of times, but. You know, it's an interesting take. And as far as like all of the people who came back, right? Because that's one of one of the things that I'm a I'm a huge stickler about is is character motivation, right? Like, why is a person fighting in this tournament? Like, why would they come back? Would they come back? Okay, like so, like with Ryu, I know for a fact Ryu, hands down, above nothing else, would always fight in a tournament. Now, you know, leave it to leave it for me to understand that it doesn't matter what tournament it is, which is why he shows up in a majority of Capcom fighters, because as long as there is a fight happening, he's going to be there. Um, Saying that, you know, it kind of couples into, you know, Ken's participation a majority of the time, Um, whereas Ken seems to be the focus of the game overall but again they don't flush they don't flush a lot out it was actually kind of crazy because i actually just this past week played with ken for the first time and i was like let me let me see exactly what this whole story thing is oh you know what i i skipped a damn um i skipped a new character jp 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 (laughs) um jp is i i'm assuming he is the antagonist of this uh fighting foray um he's the i guess you want to say he's the new m bison i guess i don't know i I don't know i mean i've i've played as him i wanted to main him uh in the game when it first came out i wanted to go right for jp learn a new character and um yeah that didn't go too well because um one he's really technical there's a lot of there's he's a really tricky fighter 
and he's a fighter that's utilized for spacing so it's like you know when you use a jp you're not supposed to be an aggressive fighter like and i'm a i'm an aggressive fighter i'm somebody that i will push my character onto you and try to get you in a corner and then space away from you long enough for you to let down your defense so i can rush you again you know like that's usually my my go-to method of trying to win a fight <laughs> might not be too smart but that's just that's how i play my game but jp is different you know jp's meant to take that corner space but from that corner space keep you in a corner and when you advance he punishes your advance uh with very tricky uh projectiles and stuff like he has projectiles that um in the respect of the button motions they could either uh they could either appear near him mid of him or far from him um and they could either be ground or air you know and it's like when you mix up those combinations it's like it's it's a nightmare um and the only reason i didn't main him was because you know i when i got online i actually did go online and i got beat down by a couple of jps and um I was like, yeah, I don't think I could ever get that proficient with with this character. Like, I don't even understand how people did it. Um, but yeah, going back to the returning fighters. So I already said that, you know, Luke came back. Um, Guile is back, which I don't know why. Why would Guile, like story-wise, why would he come back? You know, like like I understand the motivation of you know, character, popularity, what people want to play, what people want to see. I get that. But what I, again, what I buy into is what about the motivations of the person? Like with Chun-Li, is Chun-Li really supposed to be back fighting? Like <clears throat> even Guile, like when you think about it, they've completed the objective that they sought to, you know, fight for, you know, Guile found out Charlie's alive He's beaten Shadaloo alongside Chun-Li. Chun-Li's motivation this entire series has been to take down Shadaloo. They've done that. So what are we still fighting for? What are we still doing? I don't know. Blanca. I mean, I guess Blanca would I guess Blanca would come to fight as often as he can. I mean, I don't know. Dalsum. Um you know, again, why why would you come back to fight what is i mean you've 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 put the spotlight on your country and and you've become a prominent you know figure and and everything's good in your land and and why are you back fighting i don't get it and you're old now e honda is actually somebody that i feel like yes i can understand his motivation you know he continually wants to make money because he wants to expand his brand he's a he's a he's a walking you know atm he just wants to make money and make business and get everybody to know who e honda is and that's awesome and e honda is actually really fun in this game he's super fun i have never been an e honda fan i've always strayed away from e honda in any capacity of him in a in a fighting uh in in a street fighter game but in this one i was like let me try him out and i'm like yo actually he's pretty freaking good he's super strong not as strong as one of the characters I'm going to bring up and we're going to talk about, but he's super strong. Um, DJ is a really cool addition as far as a return. I think DJ, 
um you know dj was in four um in in uh the last time we saw him he was in four uh, as a i think he was a dlc character um but in this one you know like i like how they kind of aged him like they advanced him like he doesn't look old but you know like he looks you know different he doesn't look the same so um i'm i'm for that new iteration of him um cammy wow like if if there if there's any character that i feel that the 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 developers have really focused on getting right and feeling right is cammy like cammy feels so natural to a player who just wants it like i would tell anybody who just jumps in the game if you're just jumping in and you just want to start off with a character that's going to make you feel like you're actually doing something start with cammy like cammy is legit good and then they have um who else came back jury jury came back jury is like one of those uh one of those characters that have just elevated to being a super fan favorite um really good addition you know when i think our first yeah her first uh come about was in four and like she's just been a staple like she's just as good as the original world warriors uh almost b better than most of the new challengers i mean she's just a really good addition and i think that going forward she will be one of the staple characters i will always look for uh in the game you know because bump her motivations she's just great <laughs> um i think i already said ken's back and um zangief so yeah let's talk about zangief like zangief is i'm i'm not even i'm not even gonna just i'm not even gonna play around with it dude they they did not balance this guy right he's super freaking strong like he can do he can i i kid you not he can do three grabs and you are done you are done and it's like yo and and that's all the computer does anyway so like and that's what and i literally saw that as the example like i was playing as cammy and i guess that no i don't want to say that because that's that's just biased and stupid to say like oh it was a woman character no just the fact that he just grabbed me three times and just destroyed me just was like I was like, no, you need to balance this. Like his grabs should not be this freaking devastating. Like, of course they should be pretty hard, but to take your, your life bar in three moves, like that's just, yeah, that's just over the top. That's just super over the top. Um, but he's another fan favorite that people love. People just enjoy playing at Zangief and, you know, I, I'm, I've never been a big fan of him, but you know, I guess I guess he's he's good to use if you want to hurry up and and dust somebody, you know, because all you got to do is grab them three times and they're out of there. Um, but yeah, that's the cast. That's the uh, cast of characters. Um, you know what the the cool thing is like, uh, outside of the characters that are there, they did a really good job. Uh, the developers by like not letting us wait for additional content like immediately um they have alternate costumes for all the characters now they aren't unlocked from the beginning but they are obtainable i believe through uh one of their new modes called world tour 
which we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, yeah, you can you can play as Cammy in her classic uh, military uh, spandex uniform, or play as DJ in in his uh, in his uh, what what are uh, you know just his 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 trunks his gi pants I don't know. I don't know. His pants, his normal normal orange maximum pants, all right? Like you can you can do that and then you can dress Ken and Ryu up in their normal garb. Uh which I wish they I wish they would have done them in a different kind of alternate uniform. Like everybody wants to go back to classic stuff. I enjoy classic at times, but I think it's really cool like if we could see like a dressed down version of Ryu, just kind of like a relaxed version of Ryu and you know, maybe a, a you know a relaxed version of Ken. I don't know, you know, but it's always like you, you always got to put in the the classic costumes just to appease the fans and to make them earn them. I think that's kind of cool. So I think you can earn them through World Tour mode. So if you want to dress up as them without paying for it, uh, go fight for it. Um, and yeah, speaking of fighting, so there's three different modes in Street Fighter six uh right from the jump uh you have the battle hub which is your online um you know it's the online space where you go and and it's actually pretty cool because it literally is a hub that uh per ser- per the server you sign on you go into this uh kind of like thunderdome uh setup where there's all these arcade cabinets it's like a glorified arcade and you got people actively running around kind of like uh fantasy star online and uh you know you can go and emote and do all the randomness that people do online um or if you're just trying to get down to business you the way that you uh implement a fight is by going into uh you sit at a cabinet and you can sit at a cabinet where someone is already occupying the cabinet and challenge them to a fight. Or if you're waiting, if you're going to wait for somebody, you can sit down on a cabinet yourself and you can uh, practice with your character until somebody comes along. Um, one thing that I don't like, and they've done this in the, in, in five, and I just don't like it. And I think they need to change it. Um, you have to stick with, one character and it's usually your main and you know that's really not how you know because i guess they're trying to emulate an arcade feeling but in an arcade that's not something that i would do i mean yes essentially i would say my go-to is ryu but i don't want to be stuck for with ryu because i want to react based on the character that i see them choose so if i see them choose um a zangief then I might want to choose an E Honda, you know, or I might want to choose somebody super fast like Chun Li. Like I don't know, but I would want to mix up the offering based on how, you know, my opponent is coming into the match. Because there's been plenty of times where like, like they'll say, "Here comes a new challenger," and then they'll show me who I'm fighting. And I'm like, I'm dead. It's like not even worth competing. It's just not worth it, you know. And I think that's just just a little pretentious in the in the view of saying, well, if that's your main, you should be really good. It's like, yeah, but every player online isn't really good. You know, like you got to give us space to just like and I, and I think that's the other thing that bothers me, because like 
with, with Street Fighter, with Street Fighter overall, you know, competition is just competition, and there's no tears about it. You know, literal tears and and technical tears. Um, there, there's just nothing that you can do about it. You know, like yeah, they start everybody from the ground up as far as their rankings and stuff, but you can pretty much be getting mopped by somebody who's been playing Street Fighter for 10, 15 years, and you may have just started, and you're just a rung on their ladder to get to their eventual diamond or master status. And that's a little disheartening, because I feel like, yo, I want to be around people that are like, like, that I, which, which I don't know how you would get that. I don't know how I would get to people who, are just as invested in it as me. Maybe people don't play Street Fighter every freaking day. Like that's what I always say. Anytime I I get into a game where I get thrashed, I just think like, dude, you have all day to play this. You you probably sit at home and play this every single day. And that's a little pretentious for me to do. And it's usually a lot of salt involved. But a lot of it is true. Like I work. I'm a working guy. I freaking work every day. I can't sit and play and get good at Street Fighter, you know, in, you know, in the little bit of time that I can dedicate to playing this game. Um, But it would be cool if I could just play with people who play as often as I play, like not a lot. Okay, so let's play. Oh, you know, you beat me. I beat you. It kind of went back and forth. It wasn't just this big dominant thing. And then I, I really dislike when these fools will like beat the pants off of me. And then they will request a rematch. It's like, what was that? Was that win not convincing enough for you? <laughs> like, get out of here. Go and beat on somebody that you could act like. I know what they're doing. They're just trying to get their get their numbers up on their win loss. But you know, I'm not falling for that. Um, so yeah, there's Battle Hub. So um, and then I think they, I think the Battle Hub has things you can buy in there and stuff like that. But it's just it's your gathering ground for you know. You know, if you're if you're into the online fighting scene, so and 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 I've played a few times. Oh, and they also have uh, like an arcade section separate and away from the competitive aspect. So you can literally go over and play a game of like Final Fight. And I think they have Street Fighter. I, I haven't found the Street Fighter cabinets, but I did find the Final Fight cabinets, and it's full-on final fight like i picked mike hagger and i beat the first level and i was going on to the second level and i backed out i was like okay because if i get stuck in this i'm i'm gonna be more worried about beating a game within a game and this is just pure inception um away from that they have also um fighting ground uh fighting ground is basically uh your uh it's your menu for you know the the basics like you know your arcade mode your versus mode your special matches um things of that sort so it's that's where you go just to do all the normal street fighter stuff and it's kind of funny because that's literally like their secondary mode because really and honestly like a lot of fighters they're just concerned with the online aspect what people are doing to connect across the world so like battle hub is like right front and center uh when you start up street fighter 6 but if you move your cursor to the right then you got your fighting grounds and you know the the fighting grounds is pretty cool it's also where you can go and train um you can do the training mode i'm a little confused on the training mode because i'm the the training modes that i like i like the training modes that like tell you like 
oh here's uh here's the here's the combination here here's the combination do this and then like you know you do it and they're like okay perfect now the next one you know or you can just go back and do it again and again and again but like like i i haven't been able to find a way for them to do that or actually i did i i but but i had to go to the options to unlock it i was like this is dumb like (laughs) why why do i have to go through the options because like how it was set up was like they would just have like the names of the moves and it's like you guys are just assuming that i just know what these moves are like no give me the button combinations so i can press them in sequence and get this combo off that is supposedly going to help me be a better fighter (laughs) so um i did find a way to implement it but it had i had to go to the options to do it um but that's that's a cool thing because you can literally go into the practice mode and you know you can do these combos over and over again uh, you can learn your basic moves and stuff like that. They actually tell you about the effectiveness of a particular character and how you may want to approach a fight with said character. That's to me. That's like man. That's a super extension of of uh, of what I would be looking for in a fighting game to tell me how effective I can potentially be with a character. Awesome. Um, and the arcade mode is pretty cool you know it's it's really simple you know it's simple it's you know it's done the same way as five was where they kind of start you off with like the comic style art uh in the beginning to show you what their uh their beginning motivation is up to the point of fighting and then by the end they you know let you know you know where they have come uh, in that immediate sense, you know, it's not it's not as defining as like Street Fighter 2 where it was like, oh, you know, Ryu, once he's beaten Bison, is back wandering the lands again and then uppercutting waterfalls. It's like not it's not that it's it's extremely immediate. It's like, you know, oh, OK, I just beat up these people. Uh, now I'm going to go and um, talk to this person or I'm going to go this way to look for Bison or I don't know, like they just it's 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 just it's right on point with with uh, what's going on in that particular moment. It's not it doesn't exceed the moment. So it, it you know which I guess that's kind of cool because again I think what they can do is like if there's more to add to a particular character's story, it might be done by way of a later implemented character. So you know because there there are characters that through people's stories they are mentioned but they are not seen so it's like because like obviously we all know that bison is not in the game but bison's name does come up uh shadowloo does come up um there is you know and and what i like this is this is cool this is a really cool implementation i i was like i you know it, it makes you feel highly rewarded so you beat the arcade mode and it doesn't matter who you beat it with and you're rewarded with art, character art. You get art from way back when, when Street Fighter was first starting. You get art that's brand new. Um, you just get all this different gallery art, and it's really, really cool to get all that stuff because um, it makes you feel double accomplished. I beat the game, and you're giving me free stuff. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I and they, you know, they've brought the truck uh, or the car level bonus level back it's a it's a big truck it's a big ass semi um which i've never failed to destroy it um 
I don't know why, but you know, but they do this thing too. Like when you beat it up fast enough, they they implement this thing called overtime, and they stop counting the timer, so you're able to just sit there and keep beat, beating up on the truck part uh, truck pieces for more added value on your point scale, um, which is just funny and, and it's ridiculous and it's awesome. So, um, and with that, that is fighting ground. Um, and then there's the mode that I am most affectionate about, which is world tour world tour is basically your version of street fighter. It is you as a street fighter. Um, it's not as hard set to say that your motivations can be as driven as what, you know, Chun-Li or Ryu or, guile have had to go through you know in pushing themselves through a tournament for answers and and you know and uh you know things to kind of close out on uh but you're just like you're this hopeful fighter and you're going around town trying to be the best fighter and it's so ridiculous um i i love it because you know like that's the motivation. Okay, I got a character. That, it's like it's kind of RPG ish. It's kind of like uh, Yakuza almost um, in the way that you kind of run around town and you were able to do anything. Like you can do anything. Um, short of short of like, I mean, there are some mini game things you can do in there. I haven't done them, um, but um, but they are there. Like I think there's this. Uh, board kicking uh little mini game there's some kind of pizza rhythm mini game that like i went through the, i went through the motion of learning what it was and and the he says you want to start and i'm like no <laughs> like i just wanted to know what the hell you're doing over here <laughs> and i kind of wanted a slice of pizza um but yeah like you you level up your character and you just go and try to be the best um but it's so ridiculous, and I think that's what I love about it. I love that it doesn't take itself seriously. You don't have to take it seriously. Um, I got this fighter. Like, I, I played the demo, and then I played the beta, and I made, you know, these crazy... Like, my first character, I tried to make him look real badass, but, of course, he looks nothing near as as threatening as, like, a Blanca or something like that. So I'm like, okay... I, this is really just not going to work. So now let me go into ridiculous aspect. And then like my second one, I made this kind of jive black exploitation character with this huge Afro and just this long handlebar mustache, just super crazy looking. And, um, by this time now I made myself <laughs> this redheaded, like I, I got a redheaded chick with green eyes with just, 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 like slightly muscular but not that muscular she just looked like an average person but i got her out here beating the crap out of everybody and it's just the greatest feeling looking at this little woman beating up you know um just street vendors and and random people and that's the other thing man you could literally beat up on anybody like well there there are certain there are certain npcs in there that are just straight up minding their own business and 
you can't, but the majority of them have life bars and levels and uh, fighting styles that they may follow. You know, like a lot of them are just kind of doing their own thing and fight their own way. But you can run across people that um, have the style of one of the world warriors. So you might f find somebody that fights like Chun-Li and, you know, with your basic at the time, with your basic style, you have to overcome, you know, an established style. Um, but what's really cool is that they have this concept that when you're, you you know, you're navigating through the world, you're doing this, you're doing the story and whatever, and you you're taking on. Which I I think I think that's something they should have worked a little harder on, because you're taken on as a student by the different world warriors but here's my thing why is it so easy basically a conversation to be a student of the world warriors it's literally you just go through dialogue and you may have like a choice or two uh to choose between what you're going to say to whomever and you usually know exactly what to say because the other answer is so ridiculous. And then it's like, okay, now you're their student. And it's like, yeah, but how many people's student can you possibly be? You know, like I would think like maybe two, three people at max. I know, I know. I would strictly say two. I would say after two, you if you decided to become a student of another person, then you ultimately should lose out on any further training with that person but like me like i got the run of the mill i'm i think i got like all no i don't think i have all of them but for what the story has pushed me towards right now i've unlocked a lot of the main world warriors moves so i'm i mean i got everything and so like i can do which is which again is really cool in the game because you can implement the moves so that they are a unique set to yourself so you can have reuse dragon punch and blanca's you know charge attack or roll attack you know and e honda's hundred hand slap like you can you can just make that and then you can have you know uh jury's super art you know as your finisher or whatever like you can literally make a character that is with the most familiar and comfortable or effective moves that you find to define the character and how you play. Now, I'll tell you straight up. Once I unlocked Ken, it was a wrap. I didn't want to. I, I said everything you do is going to be Ken. Period. Because he's because Rio and Ken are like my main stay fighters. I've been playing those characters for years and years and years. So. I'm not changing like like, yeah, I don't need to do any other moves outside of that because I can effectively play with Ken all the way around. And I and I noticed the jump like when I like when I first started, I think I had like two World Warriors moves, maybe three. Like I think I had like Chun-Li, Luke and someone else, Marissa, I think. And it was crazy because like the majority of the style that I was using was Chun-Li. And she was and it was because she was super fast super super fast so i was able to get get through matches really quick but i'm telling you once i unlocked 
Ken, it was just different. It was just different. And I'm and I just started mopping people up left and right, mopping them up. Now there's still a lot of world tour mode I have to go through. I think I'm only like in the thirties on my leveling. Um and this thing this thing goes up hundreds of levels. Um, I've seen some characters that are in the game. There was actually, you know, I felt really accomplished in this one aspect because there, you know, I started the game off and there was this one, uh, there's one guy, he was standing on a building. He looks like a superhero or whatever. And he was like level 28. I'm level one. And I'm like, I don't think I'll ever be able to fight you. And lo and behold, I'm going through the city. I'm fighting everybody. I'm fighting old ladies. I'm fighting food vendors. I'm fighting, you know, people juggling crap on the streets and I'm fighting mimes and I claw and scratch my way up to, you know, level 30 something. And I said to myself, I got to go back on that building and fight that guy. And I completely mopped him. And it was just the most awesome thing. It's really cool when you can accomplish that type of stuff. And it actually has like a, a gauge system uh, based on like how people interact with you. So like if you're like level 30 something and you're running across people who who before they were beating up on you, like they were chasing you down, trying to beat on you. Now they won't chase you. They're like, yeah, no, I don't want no problems because I see clearly you have been doing the thing. You've been doing your thing. <laughs> so they won't they won't chase you. You still got a lot of people that will make the mistake, but um most people will not. Um but the battle uh but but the uh world tour mode has a has a slight story to it. So, you know, I haven't finished the story. I'm still kind of going through it. Um but it's fun. It's 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 the it's the alternative of it's it's the alternative you will do when it's like right you know like right when you've just had enough of getting your butt kicked whether it's online or just in the arcade like now they found a way for you to just not turn the system off in a hurried rush to just get away from the game you can just go straight to world tour mode because it is the most light-hearted ridiculous amount of fun that you could possibly have now i do wish or hope or make you know i don't have to wish because like i said i haven't beaten the game so i don't know how many different you know side things there are to do but i would love it if they could just if there's a lot of uh mini games and stuff to do in in there it would be cool if you could do things like like bowling alleys and batting cages and stuff like that that would be kind of cool um but yeah i i i think the biggest thing that i love to do is whooping up on uh people that i didn't have a chance to whoop up on before and it was actually really cool because this past week because like going through your dialogue with with the with the uh the masters that you decide to be their student like the way that you graduate their uh dialogue and you and you advance it and move on so that they offer you more moves because you don't get all their moves from the jump right like they'll be like oh i'm gonna teach you like this simple thing right like I'm going to like Chun-Li will be like, I'm going to teach you this simple thing. And it's like the spinning bird kick. And then like the next one will probably be her, you know, her hundred kick thingy. And then she's like, OK, now I'm going to teach you the Kakukin, you know, and now I'm going to really teach you something. And then you get her super art and, you know, and uh, what I also like is like after you elevate your relationship with them so far, then they're like, ah, you know what? Hey. Just if you got some problems out in the street, 
stuff starts getting a little too hard, give me a call. I'll be there. And then it, and then it all of a sudden starts feeling like Marvel's Capcom. Cause then you literally just have a bar where you can just like bring them in and it's not and it's not just quick fast. They don't just come in and do something quick. Like they will be there for for quite a duration, uh, helping you uh defeat your opposition if it gets too heavy for you. Um they they got this thing about you know like they they say it in the game they're like oh uh the your master is is more you know prone to or, or they're they're more capable not capable but more likely to taking a selfie with you if you decide to take a selfie and it's like i i didn't get it at first like i i i went ahead and i tried it with blanca and it wasn't so much that he like aimed himself at me to help take a better picture um but i got what they were trying to do and it's I think it's kind of half, I don't know, half baked, half done. I'm not sure. It just wasn't for me. So, like, I don't find myself taking very many selfies with the Street Fighters. Um, but, you know, again, it's a ridiculous amount of fun. I am absolutely going to stay invested in it. Um, all I want to do is just get more costumes and stuff like that because that that's a part of the that's a part of the joy. The joy is those those dumb costumes that you can wear and just with the effort and the execution that you are doing, it just makes it that much more enjoyable when you're doing it in a yellow hard hat. Um, the last thing I bought was um, a ninja outfit. And I'm thinking that what I'll probably do is I'll probably respec my character so that they look like a female version of Strider. And I'll paint my costume so that it emulates his costume and, yeah, then we'll have Strider Hiryu in the game. So yeah, that's uh, Street Fighter Six um, in a nutshell. Really, really fun game. I'm really, really enjoying it, um, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, whether you are a casual player who has always wanted to get into Street Fighter and just thought that it was too technical, now they've they've figured all that out. They are welcoming you with open arms. It's a great feeling game. Um, the only the I, I if if I had to say any I won't call it a drawback but any expectation that I'm you know that I feel like is inevitable it's obviously going to be their implementation of their battle passes you know which they usually run about thirty bucks a piece and when a person's all clear and done playing Street Fighter uh, in its current inception they they've usually spent upwards of two hundred dollars just on you know. Uh, you know, uh, I guess a fully fleshed out game, which is insane, but that's how they get you. Um, speaking of money, extra money being spent, uh, there I uh, also, which I did not have intentions of doing it this way, but I also picked up Diablo 4. Now, to be quite honest, even though I talked about Street Fighter 6 first, Diablo 4 was the one that I picked up first. That is without question. Um, and it was because I am a huge Diablo fan. And, I and you know, where I became a Diablo fan is at a point where a lot of people will say that that was their exit from the series. Because I became a fan with three. Um, which that, that wasn't the first time I had heard of a Diablo because I recall that when I was younger, when I first started my career in the adult world, I remember uh, there was a gentleman 
a cashier um, and we were talking and we were talking about getting off of work. And I said something to the effect of like, oh, man, I can't wait to get off work. I'm going to go play some Dreamcast and I'm going to play some Street Fighter or something rather or some Fantasy Star Online. I don't know what I said I was going to play. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm just going to go home and play some Diablo. And I was like so intrigued. I was like, what the hell is Diablo? Like literally what the hell is Diablo? And he started explaining it to me and I didn't get it. You know, like I didn't like I wasn't a PC gamer at the time. I didn't really invest in PC games. Um, you know, I remember when the Xbox came out and Fallout was a big game and they were saying, oh, yeah, this is from the Fallout series from a long time ago. I'm like, what? Like, I thought this was all brand new. You know, and then I went and started researching. And as the Internet became more prominent, I was able to look back on history of things that had existed. And I was like, yo, this is that Diablo game that this dude was talking about playing. Like, this looks crazy. Like, <laughs> like this looks crazy. This is Fallout. Like, nah, Fallout has vats. Like, like, like I was, yeah, I was on a different level. And, um, and I, and I, I didn't understand it. So I never, you know, I never threw myself back, uh, retroactively to experience Diablo or two. Um, neither did I, I think I did with Fallout. I think, fallout I, I i think i was so into fallout when the one for xbox had come out i was like i gotta try these original ones and i was immediately like nope back to the the 3d ones um um but yeah like diablo 3 was the first time that i you know invested in the series and it was more in an homage to the person who had told me about the series in the first place i was like because without him mentioning this game i would never know i would have never known that this had existed up to this point to become so prominent and so popular um and yeah i i, I went ahead and i i remember it was this it was the same exact you know back and forth in its development because i remember in the magazines they were talking about the development. They were showing the screenshots. Then they were saying that there was the uproar because people were saying it was too bright and too colorful and this, that, and the third. And I I didn't have anything to compare it to. So I was like, I don't get what you guys are upset about. I don't get what you guys are arguing about. And I remember them, I remember the news that they had basically wiped the slate entirely clean. Like they literally just like whatever they had built on Diablo 3 at that time, they completely destroyed it. They were just like, yep, we're just starting over from scratch because it's just too much of an uproar about where this game currently is. And they started over, and then they brought out what we currently know as Diablo 3, and people still weren't happy. But me, I didn't care. I was just like, dude, I just want to play something that somebody told me was really, really fun. And it was really, really fun. I had a really, really good time. Um, I wasn't so in the know about Diablo to where I was like, oh, well, there's no, you know, there's no Druid or there's no this or there's no that. Like, I didn't care. Like, you know, what did they offer? They, I, you know, they offered a barbarian, a monk, a sorceress, a witch doctor, and I think that, and a demon hunter that that was the offering 
and I didn't care. I was like, I was like, dude, this is awesome. These are these are great. These are great ways for me to start this game. And in Diablo three, I my first playthrough, I played as a demon hunter, and I completely loved everything about that. And my second playthrough, I played as a sorceress, and I loved everything about that. Um, and the game was really, really fun. And I've never found it to be a bad game. Um, you know, it, it's it's just fun. I, I don't know what people were complaining about. But when they announced 4, and they were like, oh, this is going to be a return to the roots. This is coming back to what Diablo fans have been asking for. And I saw my first screenshots and my first videos and stuff. I was like, yo, this is definitely not the game that I played. This is definitely not the game that I played. Like, yeah, you can you can destroy hordes of monsters and there can be blood everywhere. But this blood and this these monsters and this game, this looks absolutely tragic. Like, yo, I... Diablo 4 is on a whole different level. It's on a whole different level. Did they accomplish what they set out to do? I believe they did. This game, it it, it sounds weird to say it, but this feels like, this feels like, I would call this like Diablo 2 uh, Remastered. It's like, it, it, which is kind of ironic because they actually did remaster Diablo 2. But it's like, it's just new age. It's like, it, it's what I would expect Diablo 2 to be if it was made today. It's grimy. It's dark. It's nasty. It's bloody as hell. It is just sick and it's twisted and it's fun and yo, I'm having a blast playing this game. The um, the starting classes, because I'm pretty sure they're going to add more classes later, but the starting classes are Barbarian, uh, Necromancer, Sorceress, Rogue, and Druid. And each of them are very familiar in what I've experienced in three, like I've played as a barbarian for like a slight moment. I always ignore the barbarian because I don't, cause I don't want, I don't want an easy romp through a game. Right. Like I don't want to just like beat down everything like incredible Hulk in a game. Um, you know, like I want to have some kind of, you know, some, some kind of technicality, you know, to kind of take place. Like, I want. I, I don't want to lose, but I definitely want some opposition, and I don't. I don't feel like it'll be much opposition playing in something that can just like whirlwind through hordes of monsters and like not skip a beat on their health. Um, the necromancer. I actually played a little bit of necromancer when I got the. I got the full edition of Diablo on the Nintendo Switch, and I played as a necromancer there. And that was actually pretty cool um, because the Necromancer, uh, they got different modes where you can have like hordes of monsters and then, you know, like like your monsters can explode and, and damage other monsters. And it's just weird and nasty and awesome. And then the Sorceress, I 
I really liked the sorceress that I had back in three. I started one in four, but I, I said, you know what? I don't want to start this now. I want to wait until I reach in game with my first class, which my first class I started with is the uh, rogue. And the only reason I started off with the rogue, obviously, was because I felt like this is about as close to the demon hunter that I originally had and loved in um, in three. And it is damn close. And um, I'm 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 quite happy with it. And what I'm what I really love about Diablo four is that you have to have situational awareness. And with that, it's like you're going to find yourself messing with that skill tree more often than you think you should. Because you have to adjust yourself for the moment. You know, like there is no I'm picking these staple moves and this is all I'm going to do until I reach in game. Nope. Do you know how many times I have respect my character just so I can make sure that I don't die as often as I already done to that point? Several, several, more than 10, more than 10 times I've respect my character. You know? And, and and then I'm and then I'm getting to a point because like back then, you know, like in three, it's like eh, as long as you grab, you know, rare stuff, you know, rare um, items and legendary items, you put it all together and eventually it all makes sense. No, no, no. And no, you have to read. You have to read because if you don't read and you don't see what items are doing what particular things for you you could have something that's doing something ass backwards you could have something that says oh does 50 percent more damage for f frozen characters and you're freezing nobody it's like you have to read you have to know what your stuff does you have to know how to make it complement the other implementations as far as your gear because you get gear for like head chest feet uh bracers and then you got uh you know, your weapon and you can do jewelry, like two rings and a necklace. Um, I don't know if that's how every character is spec'd out, but I know that's how my rogue is spec'd out. Um, and my rogue can dual wield um, a set of knives or swords and they can do either a crossbow or a longbow. And yeah, like again, you, you have to know how to make all of those different components complement each other. It's not always going to be about, oh, I I went through a new dungeon and I got new pants and I'm and these pants are 20 points higher than the pants I'm currently wearing. I'm going to switch them out. That's how I was playing the game when I first started. And I said, no, you know what? I've probably I've probably destroyed or sold more clothes than I should have when in, when I should have considered what each one of those things would have done to complement something that I'm trying to do is like an offensive. Like if offensively I'm trying to, you know, uh, put my opponents in a vulnerable state and poison them or whatever, whatever, it's like, yeah, you got so many different things that can help complement that. So you have to be very diligent in how you implement those different um, characteristics and attributes. 
If you don't read, you're just got to trust me. You're going to be absolutely nowhere. And I do got to say, I've, I've picked up I've picked up three legendary items so far. And yes, it feels great. It's the same exact feeling that I got back in the day. It's like you you see a legendary drop and you see that big orange uh, uh, halo come over that item and you just the hairs just stand up on your arms dude it's like it's the greatest feeling um and yeah everybody wants a you know legendary to be a weapon or something but it's like it's cool when it's like a pair of legendary boots or legendary uh jewelry like who's complaining bro like let's just get it um and not all the time and then you know of course they have sets so you know there are um sets within the game that you know, aside from, you know, y- your normal way of thinking how things can complement each other, if you have a particular set, then they're really going to complement each other because they'll be like, okay, if you you got you got you got two or four, then here's a bonus to having a two or four. You got three or four. You got all four. This is what we're gonna. This is your bonus to everything that you have on. Um, so you can do you you can do. I haven't. I haven't really been on the lookout for sets and I haven't really obtained any sets. I've actually just got to the point where, excuse me, I got to the point where um, I got a lot of sockets and sockets are um, where you can take, you can take uh, jewels that you find, which you have to refine uh, so they can be as be more effective. Um, And then you socket them into uh, and they let you know, like, you know, you'll go to the jewel and it'll say, if you socket this in your armor, this is what we'll give you. Do it in your jewelry. This is what we'll give you. If you do it in your weapon, this is what will happen. So, you know exactly where you want to put certain jewel sets. You know, like with me, I'm at this point, I'm super big on putting uh, red jewels or rubies in all of my armor because it gives me uh, bonus health. I need more health. I need to stay alive longer than uh, I'm allowed when I'm going up against hordes of monsters. And let me tell you, they don't slack on the monsters that they send your way to absolutely maim you. They, man, it's it's actually very, you know, it, it's crazy because you'll look at the map and you'll, you, you know, you'll see your dot. You're that little yellow dot. And then you'll be coming down a corridor and they're filling out the map. And then you look at the corridor and there's more than 25 to 30 red dots, all opposition. And you're like, that has to be a glitch. There can't possibly be 30 monsters waiting to tear me apart. Yes, there are 30 monsters waiting to tear you apart. And it's not going to be easy. You are going to die. You're going to die again. And you're going to die again. It is just it is a fact of the life. And I've I've actually got myself to points where I've died so often in dungeons that I had to go back to towns so I can refine my weapons, make them better, respect my character, go back in and see if I can get it done. And it's it's all great. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, You know, it's it's a it's just it's a solid return to form. It really is. You know, if anybody was put off from playing Diablo because they felt like three just went so far left. 
four really puts you in a in a in a mental state of saying this feels like something that I'd be playing back in like 1993 1995 like this is just different um you know the one the my only thing is that this is my only knock so they they do so like okay so let's say you made a character you make a brand new character and then you got you know all your characters that you've made they do show them um aesthetically in like their background that they would you know be like i think like the rogue is kind of like in a hideout and you kind of like see like knives and walls with wanted posters or something rather chains hanging around you know uh uh, the uh, sorceress is in kind of like a, a tower or something like that, you know, very brick and mortar-ish. Um, I wish that they would have started the characters organically from different places. End up in the same starting point as far as like where your character has to go, but start them from different places. Because it, it, to me, it was just like, this is just we're all starting from the same point how did how you know like if this was four people starting at the same exact time how the hell did they get here i want to see you come from you know your hidden hideout in this this slum town as a rogue or you know your tribal camp you know as a barbarian like let me start from those places and then work my way to the beginning of the game but i mean it's just those are just little semantics that i just kind of look at um but again the game is like super dark super brooding very very difficult i'm playing on veteran um and i like it's kind of funny because like i like when i read it i was like because like the way that they the way that they spell it out because you you really want to just play normal right so i probably just should have picked the regular one because i'm just i'm having such a difficult time but it's the way that they word it if you've never played diablo it's like no i've played diablo i just don't want you to maim me you know for you know for getting to press one button like a second too late um you know and i got it on veteran i don't do permadeath because i am i would be devastated to lose a character for and especially as often as i die like yeah as often as i die i'm not I'm not into permanently killing off a character <laughs> like what's the point because i like if i get to chapter two and then you know run into a corner with this horde and they completely take me over it's like bro i just got here <laughs> but it's 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 a fun game it is fun the um the one thing that i really really enjoy though the side quests i i you know a lot of side quests are pretty weird in games like you get a lot of side quests that are like you know oh uh i i need five of these or or such and such left and i don't know where they went can you find them or somebody took my item can you go get it back a lot of fetch questy stuff um whereas this one has fetching quests and stuff like that but they're built around a very robust story you know there's there's motivation and there's things behind why people are the are where they are and doing what they're doing i mean there's there's been plenty of uh times where i've had somebody say you know i think you know um 
you know, I lost, you know, my, my husband went off to a, to this one place. He said he was going to go do this. He never came back. I need to find my husband and I'm going with you. I am not leave. I'm not going to let you just go by yourself, but I'm going with you. And you know, like you got somebody trailing and they will fight alongside you. And you know, you, and, and then it's just like fleshed out and then you're on a side quest for like ever. And it's awesome because it's like, you, you think if they've put this much into telling a minor story of a single individual, what lies in the grander scheme of you stopping hell? You know, like this is crazy. So the side quests are really fun. I enjoy like I actually like I will turn my system on just to do side quests and nothing more. Now, I did this week. Cause I was like, I think I'm getting a little too overboard on the side quest. So I did, uh, run through a lot of the main quest, um, and get myself right up to that point where I'm like, okay, let's stop. Let's go back to the side quest. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to end the game too fast. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the side quests are really, really fun. Um, you know, and honestly, you know, a lot, a lot of games revolve around like, their loot mechanics and stuff, but I will honestly say Diablo's like literally the only loot game that matters. You know, like as long as you're not paying for the stuff at any point in time, there's just nothing that beats that feeling of like, like I said, overcoming a horde of monsters that you're absolutely not supposed to beat and then being rewarded by like a legendary item. It's like, yo, like, I was already feeling defeated because I almost didn't defeat these these things. But to reward me for all of my effort, like this is just top notch. This is just top notch. It's cool. It's really, really cool. Um, I highly recommend Diablo 4. Um, and, and the other thing about Diablo 4, this is a game that's going to last for years. This game is going to last for years. Street Fighter 6 as well. Both, but Street Fighter 6 is going to last for years because... They're gonna, you know, they're gonna supplement it with the content over time. Diablo Four is gonna do the same thing, but on its own merits of just what it offers from the jump, it could survive. Like they, they, they could just literally leave it where it is right now, and this will, this will be a game that people can play for years to come. And the reason why is because again, you got all these different classes that you can play, right? You got the different modes you can play you can either casually go through it and just burn through the game as fast as you want or you can play the veteran style and then they're gonna and i believe that once you beat it the first time they have the world tiers the elevated world tiers where they start you know the monsters are harder but they drop more uh high-end loot at a low rate but still very very possible um you know then there's the uh what do they call it? Uh, it's like when you re Paragon. There you go. They got the Paragon system. Um, so there's a lot. And then consider that over what five, six characters. Like, dude, like you could play forever. You could absolutely play forever. You you can play forever. And as long as they keep putting in more legendary items and stuff like that, like or like I said, if they didn't do anything else and they just kept it as a game that it is, you yeah. I'd, I'd say this game has a good 10, 10 years on it, 10, 15 years. I, 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 I could play this game before I'm worried about another Diablo. That's just me. Um, another game that is coming out 
that has a lot of people excited and I'm a little excited myself and I'm only excited because it's coming out on my birthday. Um, Final Fantasy 16. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy in anytime it's on its main uh, numbered release, you know, it's a time to get excited because, you know, the, the thing that I've learned over years of playing Final Fantasy is that, you know, every new entry is a new adventure and, uh, you know, it usually deals with a new locale, new characters, new motivations, new setup, new everything. And this looks to be no different. It looks like they are, you know, returning more to a uh, a medieval kind of setup which i you know i'm a big fan of you know because like when i think you know like when i think final fantasy i really don't think too futuristic like 7 8 uh 13 15 like they're they're good but they're just a little too futuristic and you know when i think final fantasy i really do think of you know uh i i just think more in a classical sense you know knights and shields and princesses and things of that sort um and yeah this seems to kind of go a little in that direction at least in the theme of being a more medieval uh war stricken you know game where you know you got all these different factions that are against each other for a common power that they're all trying to obtain the powers of the crystals and you know it's uh it's interesting and um you know, I, I don't know too much about it um, as far as what the plot is supposed to be about. Like, I, I see that they have humans that are turning into uh, the summons. And I don't know if, you know, I don't I don't I'm assuming you're not going to be able to call these summons to assist you more as you will just be able to uh, metamorphosize into said summons and then just do devastating attacks to your enemies and bosses uh if that's the case then that's cool um you know i'm i'm one of those people that when it comes to final fantasy and i've said this before like the one thing that i appreciate in a final fantasy game is the summons the amount of summons like i loved 12 because it literally was like monster hunter it was like you're running around and you are hunting for the most powerful summons that you can possibly get. And when you get them, they are just so devastating, so powerful. And then they just help you get more powerful and better summons. And you're defeating bigger and badder monsters. And it's just awesome. So I can always appreciate the uh, game that has an abundance of, of, uh, you know, otherworldly entities. And I think this one you know, I, I know they have Ifrit. I know they have uh, Phoenix. I've seen those two. I believe I've seen Odin and I've seen Titan. And I can't, I don't know what the wind monster is because I've never seen that wind monster in any Final Fantasy that I've played. Um, but I do believe that it's a staple in like the original games. And, um, and, and I didn't really play the original games. Uh, but yeah, it's it it's coming to look really interesting. I hope that you know. My hope is that you know, with with a Final Fantasy game, you never like like with fifteen. 
I, I I do you know I do agree with a lot of people who say like you know uh, Square was a little pretentious in believing that people were just gonna pay for these separate you know chapters and stuff just so we can understand a person's motivation or drive within the overarching story. And yeah, I think that is a bit much to think that you're gonna make me pay you know thirty dollars, twenty dollars just so I can know the backstory of one of my companions. It's like, yeah, don't do that. Um, so I'm hoping that with 16, you know, it comes out and it's just a full embodied game that doesn't need anything added to it. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a classic type of gamer and, you know, I'm from a time where like, you know, again, you released a RPG and it was what it was. It didn't need anything additional. It just, it told you all the stories and anything, and anything that it didn't tell you, that was the fun in kind of getting with friends and kind of guessing or, you know, um, you know, trying to figure out the, the motivations and the lore on your own time. And sometimes they would just release maybe a movie to fill out the, fill in the blanks or something like that. Like they had to do that with seven, like seven left a lot of, things unanswered for people which i again i felt like it was okay we didn't need anything truly fleshed out in that game um but in order to let people know because i think the one concern that people had with seven was what the hell happened to everybody after it was all said and done people wanted to know what what freaking happened to these people they 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 saved the freaking world what happened because we just don't know like it was such an ambiguous ending you just didn't know. And Advent Children, you ended up finding out and then moving on into different games. You know, you kind of have it fleshed out. But with 16, I just, you know, I want this game to be celebrated. I wanted, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want this to be something where people are going to look at it and say, oh, well, we can expect some DLC because they didn't finish this. Or I, I heard, I heard the story is a bit convoluted. Um, which I'm not super afraid of because I'm very, um, I'm very simplistic in the way that I approach a game anyway. So once I get a beat on one direction, I will usually just go there. Um, I think it's probably convoluted for people who are more completionist, who have to go in multiple directions in order to get everything going. I'm not that dude. Like I will just straight up finish a game and not worry about all the side stuff, unless the side stuff is just super intriguing, unless it's just like super, like you know, like. Yeah, there is something about finding out why a person's been fighting alongside you. And if you go to this town, then they'll open up more about, you know, their motivations and stuff like that. But I mean, short of that, I'm not really worried about anything else. And then, yeah, if if it's the hunting for, more, you know, which, again, I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I don't know if you're going to be able to get more beast and 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 uh, espers or summons or whatever you want to call them i don't know how you're going to be able to obtain them if you're going to be the, be able to obtain them i don't even know what the mechanics are in the in the respect of like the different factions are these factions going to join forces are you know is is there a greater uh opposition that's going to present itself outside of the war that's happening between them i don't know i'm interested so i you listen i've said this for a while now that I wasn't getting the PS5, this is probably going to be the one thing to break that. Like, I think I will get a PS5 just so I can experience uh, Final Fantasy 16 because um, it can't be missed. I mean, the only way that I wouldn't do it is if, if is if I knew for a fact that it was coming out for PC, um, which 
I don't like Final Fantasy is one of those games you just you don't miss it in its inception. When it's out, you play it. You don't wait. You never wait. You don't wait. You 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 play it right then and there, and you get through it, and you love it, and you cherish it, and you play it again, and you you just yeah. But if I you know like I'd be I wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same experience if like the game comes out on the twenty second, and then I gotta wait a year before they announce that it's coming to PC. It's like yeah I no I'm gonna play that game. That I I yeah I'm more than likely gonna be playing that game day one when it comes out for sure so um so there's that about final fantasy um another game that is releasing um pretty soon is aew fight forever um it's an interesting looking game it's made by the same people who used to make the wwe games back in the day ukes um who since recently like within the past two three years or maybe even four years um you know they wwe dissolved their relationship with that developer and they went in a different direction which i think is for the better because different direction gives different vision and ultimately they have been producing better games because they've released two two games away from ukes and they've both been pretty freaking good um and Ukes is uh, the primary developer for AEW uh, Fight Forever, which, you know, I'll tell you like this. I'm interested in the game because I love wrestling. I'm a wrestling fan. But the game doesn't look very good. It looks like a mobile game. I'm just being honest. Um, it doesn't look very good. There are some there are some implementations that I am excited about, like they they do have like a uh, kind of like a stat sheet, if you will. Like you'll have a character, and you basically know like how many matches you've had over your career, how many times you've won any particular championship, um, what shows you've been on, what pay per views you've appeared at or main evented you know how many times have you main evented over your entire career you know it's like this really robust uh stat sheet but that can't be the only thing that i'm pulled in and gravitating towards when it comes to a game that's supposed to focus on fighting um now the one thing that i am excited about with aw fight forever is i guess you want to call it a return to form because this is going to be more arcadey and maybe that's why I'm I'm a little down on the looks because, you know, with WWE it looks like photorealistic. Like literally, you can kind of you can you can kind of look off to the side a little bit and see WWE interest is happening, and you will think you are watching like WWE on television. It's like that accurate in some respects. Some of them are a little shoddy, but there's a lot of them that are just like on point accurate. But you know, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a downgrade um, when I think about like okay, they you know the the characters don't look as photorealistic in this wrestling game. They don't look overly exaggerated, but they just they they kind of look like somebody really taking a good amount of time and create a character and doing the best they could with what they had, 
which is fine, you know. Um, and I'm I'm gonna play the game. Um, I'm more. I think you know it's kind of crazy because like AEW in their recent controversies, you know, there's CM Punk issues and all the stuff that's been happening. You know, re- wrestlers passing away and this, that, and the third. It's just been really crazy for AEW. Um, and I think they've been dealing with a lot, and that you know, like death, death is not something that I am I'm going to hold somebody accountable for because that's just an inevitable fact of life. Um, but it, it definitely plays a role when you consider like, okay, you got somebody who's a part of your roster, and you know they're they're no longer on this earth, so what exactly do you do? And I've already seen the case of what they plan to do, which is release said characters in the game. And I don't know if it's going to be in memory of the person no longer being here. Is it? I, I personally think I've said this to my friends. I said they should, if they're going to put in characters that are, I mean, and, and yeah, you know, like there are definitely legendary characters in WWE that are no longer alive and this, that, and the third, um, but they're more in the game as a legendary capacity, um, not like they're actively on the roster. Like if if AEW puts Brody Lee on the active roster, I'm going to be upset. I will be upset. If they put Owen Hart on the active roster, I'm going to be upset. These characters need to be legacy characters. They need to be unlocked due to, you know, uh, particular achievements that you as a fan and as a you know, as a wrestling fan, you you go through the motion so that you can appreciate that character. I'm going to obtain Owen Hart by doing X, Y, and Z. I finally unlocked them. Now I can, you know, I can commemorate their memory in the way that I see fit. Same with Brody Lee. Same with, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, he was the the Briscoe brothers. I can't remember his name. I think it's Jay Briscoe. I, I'm not certain. I don't want to disrespect uh, his, his memory. Um but it's like if you're going to implement these people, put them in a capacity where we can we can really uh, uh, pay respect to, you know, their memory and and what they invested into professional wrestling. You know, don't don't just cash grab it and just make it a part of fleshing out a roster. So I hope they don't do that. But we will see. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm just like I'm I'm I'm. I don't know if I'm like I'm excited about the game coming out, but I'm I'm a little hesitant. That there it is. I'm just a little hesitant. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we let me see. We're gonna close out on this episode, but before we close out, um, I did want to talk about um, they had the what's that guy's name? Jeff Keeley. Yeah, I I really don't like that guy, but um. They did the Summer Games Fest. Um, I guess it was just an, the intro to the entire event. And they showed a lot of stuff. I'm not going to lie. Um, they showed Mortal Kombat 1. And they showed it in, you know, in full capacity as far as, like, playing. And, man, it looks good. It definitely still looks, you know, as close to 11 and injustice as it always has because that's just their particular flavor so there's nothing that's really changing in that respect but you can definitely tell it's a more elevated game it looks a lot better um the characters look amazing 
And I think that this whole telling about, you know, narratively, they're saying like, oh, uh, you know, Liu Kang started, you know, uh, basically started a whole new universe or whatever. And so people are different. And, you know, like they, they probably got the same name, but they they are definitely different. And that was cool because I've seen, you know, I've seen the, his interpretation of uh, Kung Lao and Raiden and, you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero and Melina and Katana and it's just it, it's super cool um they they um they did show Kenshi is in the game which that's cool and I did love that they had a um it looked like it was a part of the story mode and they had like a little kind of tiff between uh Johnny Cage and Kenshi and Kenshi was basically at Johnny Cage's mansion because he wanted to get what Johnny Cage is holding as a prop sword. Um, but it's actually the legendary sword that, you know, Kenji's been looking for. And yeah, Johnny Cage ain't giving it up. So they ain't going to fight about it. Um, so, you know, they're like, I'm, I, you know, I'm always interested with Mortal Kombat to just go through the basic story of it all. I love where they've been going and how they've been changing the game for the better since nine like since nine, they've been taking their story very seriously. And I've just, yeah, I've super been enjoying the direction that they've been going as far as like their new direction for Mortal Kombat. I didn't expect a, a universal reset, but you know what? Like one is better than 12, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. And gameplay wise, dude, that this game looks pretty interesting. It was giving me, it was giving me like Marvel versus Capcom vibes because there was a lot of juggling, a lot of air juggling, a lot of assistance in said juggling, and it was just like it was just it was a lot of craziness going on on the screen. Like, and they've had like assistance characters in Mortal Kombat before, but not to this degree. Like in this, it's like. They're a part of everything. They're a part of the intro. They're a part of the move set. They're a part of the freaking x-rays and fatalities. Um, it's crazy. Um, now, they only showed assistant characters from an old school stance. So there was a lot of old school characters as far as their, their assistant characters. So I've seen Sonya Blade in her Mortal Kombat 1 uniform. I've seen Kano in his Mortal Kombat 1 uniform. I've seen Jax in his Mortal Kombat 2 uniform with his human hands. Um, I've seen in, in, like, they've done video, and I've been able to see uh, Mortal Kombat 2 Kung Lao um, with the razor hat because this new Kung Lao that's in the game doesn't have a razor hat. It's not a razor hat. And I don't know if he'll get the razor hat some way or I don't know, but it wasn't the razor hat. Now they did. Now I did see an x-ray with the razor hat. So I don't know. Like, again, I'm not fully understanding, but I know this dude has a straw hat. They even made fun of it because he threw it at Sub-Zero and it missed him. And, and I think it kind of bounced off something, but then he actually threw like something that was really a razor and it stuck into a wall um almost you know decapitating him um and then who else did i see oh they and i and they had striker i saw striker from mortal kombat 3 and um 
Yeah, so like they're oh and Goro. Goro was in there. Goro was in there. Which which was crazy because he 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 looked a little short because he looked about as tall as the characters that were fighting, uh, which I would like to think that he's more than a few feet taller and very hulking. Uh, but he looked normal. Um and yeah, like they show these guest characters and they come in and they do a little beat down or whatever. But like the ones that were prominent, like like the Jax and uh, Sonya and Kano, like they show them doing x-ray moves and the x-rays look really, really cool. I like it because like instead of them doing the x-ray with a single character and, you know, having them do like maybe like three different things like, oh, I'm going to. I'm going to break your femur and now I'm going to push up and break your ribs. And now I'm going to stab this in your eye. And now you're done. It's like, no, like now they got it to where it's like, okay, me is sub zero. I'm going to stab you in the gut with this big ice pick. And here comes Jax. He's going to bash you on top of the head and crack your entire skull. And then I'm going to come back in and I'm going to, you know, do this or that. Or it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. That's really cool. The different ways that they implement, uh, the partnerships between you and the other character. And Ed Boon did come on stage and he was talking briefly about it. And of course he's very vague on details and stuff like that. Um, but he did say something that alluded to um, some of the guest characters being repeats or duplicates of characters that are already on the main roster. So he was saying like, you can have sub zero but then you can also have him be assisted by Sub-Zero. You know, you can have Scorpion, but have him assisted by Scorpion. So there's going to be a lot of duplications. Now, they also did, and I and they haven't released it yet. So this is probably going to be a big reveal for them uh, before release. Um, but they've already confirmed that Jean-Claude Van Damme is definitely in the game he is finally 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 going to be um he's going to take his role as originally planned all these years we all knew who he was supposed to be um but he's finally going to be johnny cage um and they said he's gonna he's recording dialogue and everything which is going to be really cool and i know they're you know they're obviously going to superimpose and 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 you know basically fit his voice with a face that's going to look relatively younger it's probably going to be he's probably going to be in that blood sport uniform which holy crap yes please and i but i i i really hope cuz like the the Johnny Cage that they had in the uh in the fight scenes i think that is the Johnny Cage is going to be on the original roster now i believe that and this is kind of making me sad to say it, but I think that the Jean-Claude Van Damme version is probably only going to be an assist character, which that just makes me sad. That just really makes me sad. But then again, why would he be recording dialogue if he's only an assist? Because I haven't heard I haven't heard the assist characters say anything. Um, but dialogue, you know, tells me that you have a lot to say. So. Um, I'm interested. I'm I'm hyped for Mortal Kombat One. Uh, it's coming out this year. You know, like one thing that I can say for certain is this is a huge year for fighters. Um, with the exception of Tekken, which is coming out early next year, but they're gonna be uh they're gonna be 
testing out their um their it's 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 not a beta but basically yeah they're they're checking out they're going to be testing the online functionality of Tekken 8 um which I'm going to sign up for because I love me some Tekken um but while Tekken's still baking I'm going to be playing plenty of Street Fighter 6 and I cannot wait for Mortal Kombat 1 um they showed some gameplay of Alan Wake 2 I never played the original Alan Wake. Um, I know a lot of people have been wanting and begging for them to get to this. And I know that, because um, I believe, isn't it Remedy that made that game? Yeah, I think, it, yeah, it's Remedy. I believe it's Remedy. And, and, and I know we've had a lot of games in between, you know, and indirectly connected to Alan Wake, you know, we've had Quantum Break, we've had Control, um, I think they did do, like, a DLC kind of game, I think it's called American Nightmare, something like that, from Alan Wake, um, and yeah, they're gonna do Alan Wake 2, like, actual Alan Wake, um, which should be fun, you know, I'm not the biggest Alan Wake fan, I just never invested in that series, but, you know, I, I get why people uh, enjoy it, and I'm looking forward to it. I will eventually play it, so we'll see. Uh, one game that I was super, uh, super, super, super uh, surprised by, and let me tell you why, because I didn't understand the premise of what the game was until they explained it at the uh, at these summer game fest so a game that's coming out is called lies of p and when i first saw the trailer for lies of p i was like oh, okay this looks really really interesting this looks kind of steampunkish and looks kind of old school and yeah i could do I, I could do another um you know souls type game uh that looks like it's being produced pretty well and it looks a bit different. And I had no idea up to this point, literally like a few days ago, that this is a Souls game based on Pinocchio. Mind blown. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? Like, what the hell? Like, he said it on stage. And I said, what? And then I, and everything, like, you know, you know that, that meme where like the calculations are in front of the person. It was all of that. And I'm just piecing it all together. And I'm like, lies of P. Pinocchio lies. <laughs> like, what in the heck? And what is his, and then when I, when I thought about like the trailers I saw, you know, him with the, with the mechanical arm, what is Pinocchio's motivation to be a real boy? What the hell? What are we doing? So I, so you know, and it was one of those shadow releases uh, for the demo that I was really appreciative of. I love when they do that. Um, I don't, I don't so much like it when they do it with actual games because I'm like, dude, you could have just told me the game was coming out this morning. But when they do it with demos, it's pretty cool. They were like, oh, demos out right now. Um, so immediately during the show, I went and I downloaded the demo, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it it's fun. 
it's fun, but it's also aggravating. And, you know, just like any other Souls-type game, I'm, you know, like, I, I played through it, and, um, well, not all the way through it, so we'll tell you where I got. Um, which, by the way, the game looks amazingly good. It looks really, really good. Um, it, it, I, you know, like, listen, I'm a big Dark Souls fan. I think Dark Souls 3 is the best out of the original series. I could never get into Sekiro because Sekiro was all about dodging and parrying. And I just, I'm not mechanically sound to do either or. And Bloodborne is probably the best Souls game that I've ever played in my life. And even when I look at polls that say that Bloodborne is one of the most difficult Souls games there is, I say you are absolutely joking. Because this is the one game where the primary objective is to be on the offense and to attack as often as possible. So with that, I'm not at a disadvantage. I want to destroy you. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. With Lies of P, I feel like... I feel like I should approach it like Dark Souls. I don't want to approach it like Dark Souls. But by default, I'm implementing Bloodborne tactics. Like, I was just... Like, and, and, and there's some things that I feel like they need to work on. So, everything that you expect from us, everything that's in a Soulsborne game is in Lies of P. Okay? You got your characters that come up. You have to watch their timing. You have to, you know, uh, you know, you got to watch their patterns. You know, you got to make sure people don't come up behind you because, you know, you can come down a corridor. You didn't look the other way and then they can get you in the back and take you for a chunk. Um, the one thing that I was a little, no, not even a little, I was very disappointed with was their uh, version of visceral attacks or, or back attacks, whatever you want to call them. Like those are, when you do those in Dark Souls or you do them in Bloodborne, especially with Bloodborne, like those attacks are devastating and they can they can change the entire dynamic of whatever you took advantage of like at that point the monster has no chance because it's like you just took out 75% of its health because it wasn't paying attention and it's the same concept but you know how like you know sometimes you say i didn't really feel that in the game you know, like you could do it with shooters. I'm playing this game and I don't really feel like I'm shooting a shotgun. It's the same thing. Like when I do a visceral attack or I do a, a, a backstab on Dark Souls, you feel it. Like I think there's like different implementations. I think they got like the screen kind of shaking. They got this, uh, this sound that's going off, like this rumbling kind of sound. And then like the controller's kind of rumbling. And it's like this is this is awesome. And you, you feed off that you wanted to continue to do that. And in Liza P it's just kind of like, they show you this icon that basically lets you know, you're going to do a back attack. And then you just, you press a button and he just does kind of like this really quick sequence of hits. That's does the appropriate amount of damage and everything, but it's like, I don't feel it. I like that's supposed to be completely devastating. And it just feels like I could have just, swung that many times with my normal attack and done the same exact damage. 
I don't know. Um, I like the setup because, like I said, it's very steampunkish, um, very nineteen twenties ish kind of. I don't know. Looks a looks like a cross between Moulin Rouge and uh, freaking. Uh, I don't know. Like it looks like like old town London, like Whitechapel or something. Um, and and then there's like a carnival that's going on. So there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, it's a lot in the setting and it's, it's really attractive as far as the setting. And I guess as far as like your enemies, you know, the majority of them or all of them, I don't know. Cause you know, the game isn't out, but they're like animatronics, right? So like you got these, these, you know, these mechanical monstrosities that are coming towards you and they want to kill you. And, um, yeah, I mean it's 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 okay. But I got to my I got to the boss, which I believe is going to be the end of the demo and I think it's called the Puppet Master. And you know, it it's just yeah, it's just more of that. It's just more of that. It's like I I I died once and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this again. I'm just not. Like I'm not going to do this again. And it's a little disheartening because I think one thing that's important, but I know a lot of games, because they want to be like Dark Souls, they don't lend you that helping hand that you need. Because a lot of times all you need is just just give me like a, a method or a way that I could possibly overcome this. Hey, did you try doing this? You know, you know this, this boss is susceptible to electric attacks. If you have this, you may turn the tide. You know, it's like, oh, okay, these are things that I could think about and this might help the fight. But when you just throw me in, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to do this. And I don't know I don't know how developers don't consider or care about gamers who think that way. Because it's, it's like, I'm not really trying to change the game, but I'm definitely trying to enjoy myself. I want to enjoy your game, but if you're going to exclude me from the jump, it's like, I don't know. Which, which you know, the, the question also lies in, well, how did you get into bloodborne and dark souls well to be quite honest dark souls i didn't like i played one and two and i completely was like no i'll never play those again and then i went and played bloodborne and again the, the to understand that the primary point of the game is for you to be as aggressive as possible. I was like, okay, that fits my wheelhouse 110%. So it was loads easier. Whereas I think it was difficult for people who just don't know how to be aggressive because they're so used to being defensive. Um, and so, yeah, like, like I found Bloodborne to be an absolute breeze. Um, of course, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, I didn't have help. Like I've had help in a lot of, different fights and stuff like there's plenty of bosses in that game that i could not have done by myself but there are plenty that i did by myself <clears throat> where i didn't think i'd be able to get through it at all um and in that i was able to go through dark souls 3 and sort of kind of hold on to that same premise and do just fine and again, with a little bit of assistance here and there, like I dude, like, listen, I've beat the dancer by myself. I've beat um, 
the I can't even think that that the monster that's like on all fours and hops around the arena like a dog. You know, like I've beat that by myself. I've um, I beat a lot of those monsters by myself. Now there are a lot of people that could, and I could never beat the Nameless King by myself. No, never. Um, yeah. So I mean, it it is it it is it's a different kind of vibe for different kind of games. I think the games that are not quite Dark Souls should lean more into assisting people to not beat their game, but just be more effective. Because in that way, more people will play your game. Because trust and believe, Liza P, as much as it looks great, it's not going to get anywhere near uh, Dark Souls. It won't even get near Neo. It won't even get near Neo. They'll sell. They'll sell pretty good, but I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna be like a top contender. I think they got a lot of stuff to work on. They definitely need to polish that game up. Um, they need to probably think more about aesthetically how to get it to feel better in the hands of players, and then they might have something. So there it is, all laid out. And, I mean, they talked about a bunch of other stuff at uh, the uh, Summer Games Fest. There was a lot of other stuff they talked about. But those are the things that really just kind of were on my radar. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of focus on these. And everything else is falling to the wayside. But, hey, there you go. That's the podcast. So um, did you guys watch Summerfest? Hopefully you did. If you didn't, uh, I'm pretty sure you can rewatch it on YouTube. Or, heck, you don't even need to watch Summerfest. Just go and just Look up new game trailers and uh, see if you enjoy what you see as far as Mortal Kombat 1 or Alan Wake 2. Um, like I said, I like it. Um, did you guys pick up uh, Diablo 4? Did you pick up Street Fighter 6? Did you pick them both up like I did? Um, <laughs> huge waste of money for one point in time. Because like, honestly, I, f I think the biggest thing that I find myself doing is... is uh, dividing my time between the two effectively which i will say let me say this so i've been i've been taking the train to work there's no better feeling on a train than sitting with your handheld console and playing diablo 4 you just can't beat that you can't beat it you cannot beat it the only thing that comes close is being on said train with your same handheld console and playing Street Fighter 6. <laughs> well, that's the show. I'm getting out of here. Hopefully, you guys are having a wonderful weekend. Uh, hopefully, it's ending strong, and we'll see you guys next week. Until then, guys, take care of yourselves and each other, and I will see you guys